Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. I'm WSB's Clark Howard. From Cobb to Cherokee. Carol to Gwinnett. Fulton to Forsyth. And all of Metro 11. You'll get severe weather. A traffic red alert. Breaking news. Breaking news immediately. Accurate. From the WSB 24-hour Breaking News Center. WSB. Depend on it. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. Friday evening to you. Welcome to the program. Mark Aram here. You there. Hope you had a great work week and a great weekend planned. With you every Monday through Friday, 10 to midnight here on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Joining me in studio, uh, rare or first time appearance for you? I am a first time guest. I am so psyched. Really? I thought for sure I would have snagged you. No, no, no. That voice you hear, the Malofus voice, that's not even a word. No. What is it? Mello- Mel- melodious. Melodious voice. The melodious voice. That's why she's... The dulcet tones. Exactly. That's why she's successful. She corrects my grammar. She is Condis Presley from News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Um, one of the few members of the staff that has been here longer than I have. How long have you been at, at Cox or WSB? It'll be 29 years this year, but I don't talk about that the a lot. front door. Yes. Not bad considering I'm only 29. It exactly. was conceived in a production room in the old building 29 years so you've had a variety of of roles here at wsb radio uh a storied historic career um who has anyone on staff been here longer than you not yes 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 there is one person there are four of us left okay who are i guess you might call wannabe lifers scott slade Yes. Host of Atlanta's Morning News celebrated his 30th so anniversary. So he, he was here a little before you. Just a little bit before. We've got an engineer back in the engineering block who's, David who's Jones. on the list. That's Dr. correct. Jones. And uh, there's one other person uh, upstairs in accounting, Trina. She's got about as much time really? as I do. Really? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Wow. That Congratulations. Yeah. 29. It's I've a blessing. Been, it is a blessing. I'm coming up on my 18th anniversary. So you were here 11 years before this guy even showed up. That's crazy. But we are better because you are on our well, team. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of such a, a historic legacy-type station as WSB Radio. And uh, I could talk to you for three hours about the history of WSB. But I, what I really want to talk to you about tonight is a story that you and I talked this morning. So you're currently doing news on uh, B98.5 FM and KISS 104.1, our sister stations, in the morning. Um, and you and I had a discussion this morning about this story that I, I'm just scratching my head about. Um Tell me the the background of this story because you're the news person. I'm not. I just I just want to make sure I, I get everything right here. You are scratching your head, Mark. <laughs> I cannot get enough of this story. Yeah. I am fascinated. There's a woman out in Spokane, Washington. So we got to jettison to the Pacific okay. Northwest. Her name is Rachel Dolezal, and she is the president of the Spokane, Washington NAACP. 
She is also a professor of African-American studies at a university in the mm-hmm. community. She is the ombudsman for the police department's uh, review board, the commission that looks over incidents that might happen in a given community. And for all practical purposes, everyone assumed that Ms. Dolezal is an African-American. Uh, she's a pillar of the African-American community in Spokane, Washington. She, she's, she's a big I mean, deal. That's quite a resume. Yes, she's a, and she's a big deal in the community. Except she's not black. This, that's unbelievable to and me. And you'll never guess who outed her. Who outed her? Mom and dad. What? <laughs> All right, so this this is a story that's just popping, bubbling. It's like, trending worldwide. Yeah, it's, I cannot read enough about this. I woman. will tweet out pictures of what this woman looks like now and what she looked like as a teen. Fair skin and freckled. Yeah, red hair, fair skin, freckled. And, and she's made this transformation physically to try to appear to be an African-American woman. Um, for what reason, we don't know yet. I mean, obviously, I guess she had ambitions to be a spokesman for the NAACP, and I don't know, who knows what the motives are, but uh, it comes to pass that she is not African-American. She's just some no, white the girl. Television station, there's a television station out in Spokane that, that confronted her, and again, the story's trending worldwide. The raw interview is out there. If it hadn't shown up in your timeline on Facebook or Twitter, we'll put it out there for you. You've got to watch it. It's They do this very nice, very straight-up interview with her about, uh, she had reported some concerns about, harassment of the NAACP, threatening letters, you know, nasty grams in the Mm -hmm. email, whatnot. And those things had been reported to the police. And she's doing an an interview for the local news out there about this. And they conduct the interview. And then at some point, the interview, the interviewer pivots and asks her a question about an award that she had won Mm -hmm. or was going to receive because of her work in the community. And she's very appreciative and whatnot about that. And he said, it's a shame that your parents or your dad can't be here for that. And she said, yeah, I really wish he could be here, but he can't travel. He's ill. He has bone cancer. And then the... the, the reporter produces a photograph of her of a man and he said and this is your dad right and she looks at the picture and says yes that's my dad and then there's this really awkward silence and it's a, it's a dark-skinned african-american male <laughs> right yeah right and she says yes that's my father and and then the next thing you know he's like this is your father i mean he asked twice for confirmation yeah. because the photograph was of a yet yeah, very fair-skinned gray-haired Caucasian American and then he just flat out asks her you know there have been some concerns and some questions about your heritage he says are you an African American and she stumbles a bit and I don't understand the question why are you asking me this are you an African American and then she just pivots and walks away yeah next up you see like I said I cannot get enough of the story mm-hmm. so now I found there's uh, another TV station goes out to where her parents live in Montana and you see the two of them, lovely couple, sitting on a couch. White folk. Uh, Montana. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> we'll have to ask Loti Chuck yeah, about exactly. that, you know? Whitefish, Montana. Exactly. And and they're very nice family, and they, they don't understand why she is representing herself this way, but so they very weird. clearly said that their ethnicity or their background is Czech, Swedish, German and Native American. Wow. So nowhere in there do I hear that somebody came across involuntarily on a ship. Condis Presley joining us here on the Mark Aram Show. So the reporter, and we'll pl- I'll play that audio of, of I'm not going to call it an ambush. He questioned her why. You and she know. had agreed to the interview. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, well, I'll play that coming up. But how did he get tipped off? This guy got tipped off by your parents? Or how did this even 
That's the one thing that is not really clear. Okay. The problem is there are questions about, because, of course, with anything like this, there has to be some sort of an investigation. So mm-hmm. I suspect, and again, this is not fact, but this is just my journalism spidey sense working yeah. here, that there'd probably been talk. Behind the scenes. All along that, you know, is she? Because you look at her, and again, you'll see the picture on my Twitter Twitter feed, at Mark Aram. She's got Afrocentric hair. And she, you know, she has a darker complexion, but you don't wouldn't automatically think that this is a black. You would woman. see her, and probably the way people are in our communities these these days would probably say, okay. I mean, we come in all shades and sure. colors. I mean, some of us are more fair skinned than others because mm-hmm. vast majority of us African Americans blended folks sure, as we have exactly. come to the United States. Um, so you could look at her and perhaps think that she was probably biracial. Mixed. She's yeah. definitely multicultural. But when she applied for the job, this is what got her in trouble. She applied for the job to be the ombudsman for the police commissioner sure. or whatever. And she, and, on her she che- and on the application to do this, she had to, there was a box to check and the box she checked off was white and African American. And that then legitimized being able to ask her some of those more direct questions. Understood. Condice Presley joining us in studio talking about this crazy story. Rachel Dolezal, am I yes, pronouncing that right? Yes, that's the name, Rachel uh, Dolezal. Basically, who, who faked being a black woman in Spokane, Washington. All right, so I, I don't even know how to... I'm like, I don't and know Mark, how to feel the wild about, thing this about this Mark, the wild thing about this is in the black community, in the African... Forever, we have always known about black folks again, because so many of us are blended mm-hmm. because of our heritage, passing as white. Sure. But I got to tell you, this is the first time ever. Unprecedented, right? That I have been reading about, learning about someone who chose or is choosing to pass as black. So I, I, as this is an unprecedented story, I really don't know how to feel one way about this or not. It's just puzzling to me. What's been the uh, reaction in the African-American community, social media, et cetera? What, 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 what do folks think about this? Well, it lit up Facebook, it lit up Twitter, and in the African-American community, as you would expect, many people are offended because here is someone who has an opportunity, who has taken up the opportunity to choose her race mm-hmm. when most folks don't. And the, and the, I guess the, the sticking point here is um, maybe taking a position that should have been rightly held by someone that's actually African American. So you know the ombudsman, the NAACP, um, like those are slots that could have been filled by African American applicants. Reminding me of the movie Soul Man. I don't know if you remember that I with do. C. Thomas Howell, who <laughs> pretends to be black to get a scholarship that eventually would have gone to Ray Dong Chong. She didn't get it. Um, so there, there was obviously you know uh, malicious intent. I, I don't know if this is malicious intent on her part or just she's nuts or she just doesn't have well, a cultural a very, identity. She's or? very distinguished. Well, a couple other things we found out uh, real quick. There was, I think last night, an emergency meeting of the executive board of the NAACP. So they were talking about it because this thing is kind of blowing sure. up. And then coming up on Monday, there will be uh, the regular monthly meeting of the NAACP, which she will lead. I got a feeling there's going to be massive coverage she's of not. that. No way. She's uh, not. As as of right now, she's expected to, to lead the meeting as she normally does. And then another thing I was reading, there's a real good piece in the Washington Post, and I'm going to tweet that out, where it would it, we find that her parents, devout Christians, who love people, and as they were all, she was a kid, they adopted and brought in foster kids and mm-hmm. adopted children, and there were, she, so she grew up with black brothers and sisters who were adopted into her family. So the question could be, growing up... She felt culturally... She felt, yes, and felt maybe felt closer to them. Unbelievable. Condice Presley joining us in studio, 29-year vet of these very airwaves. 
Um, real quick, uh, on Twitter. Uh, Condo29. At Condo29. That would be me. Last um, birthday I ever had. So I got to ask you this, because I wouldn't be a, a fake journalist if I didn't. You are the former head of the uh, African American Association of Broadcast Journalists. Was that, is that, is, am I saying that right? <laughs> no, you're not. But we what, can, what's, the, what's the. I was one time president of our local chapter of the Atlanta Association of Black Journalists. Okay. And I am a former national president of the largest organization of journalists of color in the world, the National Association of Black Journalists. We'll be up in Minneapolis later this as a As a dues paying member to both organizations. Thank you. I very don't know much. if you knew that. I knew. And we take everybody. I got to ask are you uh, really African American? <laughs> Or are you a white girl from Montana that has just been performing an amazing performance for 29 years? I think it's pretty clear that I'm an African-American. <laughs> awesome. Connice, thank you so much. As always, follow her on Twitter, folks. Uh, she is an invaluable asset to these airwaves, to the city of Atlanta, and to the African-American community. And she is legit. I can confirm she's legit African-American. Follow her on Twitter, at Condo29. When we come back, I'll play the audio from that TV station in Washington that outed this crazy lady, Rachel Dolezal. Stick around. More to come. This is The Mark Aram Show. Those who correlate know the world they kick. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake, they break. When they meet their 400-pound bait, if I could rule the world, everyone would have a gun in the ghetto, of course, when get the up and on their horse. Kick around, drink, and moonshine. I pour a sip on the concrete. But at the sea. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Welcome back. This is the Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. Follow me on Twitter, if you please, at Mark Aram, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. I tweet out a picture of Rachel Dolezal, uh, the woman who's pretending to be black. Here is the uh, audio portion of the video that the uh, TV station out in Washington had um, that kind of really trapped her in her lie. Is that your dad? Yeah, that's, that's my dad. This man right here is your father? Right there? you have a question about that? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I was wondering if uh, <laughs> if your dad really is an African-American man. That's a very... I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're implying. Are you African-American? I don't, I don't understand the question of... I did tell you that, yes, that's my dad. And you, he was unable to come in January. Are your parents... I'm are not, they white? I, I ref... I ref Yeah, uh, certainly an interesting story. I'm sure we'll talk about this more uh, next week as this uh, situation develops. Hey, I do have uh, one thing to tell you, though, before we go to news, weather, and traffic. I've got two tickets to give away to see Weird Al Yankovic in concert June 20th at Delta Classic Chastain, produced by ASO Presents. Uh, Let's do the seventh caller to 404-741-0750. The fourth, uh, seventh caller to 404-741-0750 will win a pair of tickets to see Weird Al Yankovic in concert June 20th at Delta Classic Chastain, produced by AOS, ASO Presents. All right, coming up, uh, news, weather, and traffic. You want to uh, hit me up on Twitter. It's at Mark Aram. Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. Instagram, just plain old Mark Aram. What do you know? It's the Mark Aram Show. I'm 
WSB's Mark Aram. Depend on the WSB Breaking News Center for immediate, immediate breaking news, severe weather alerts, or a traffic red alert whenever and wherever they strike. Immediately accurate WSB. Depend on it. The Mark Aram Show reminds you to spay and neuter your pets. Welcome back to the show. This is the new Mark Aram Show. 10 to midnight on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Johnny Kielbasa in an hour will review the Quesarito from Taco Bell. Uh, Longoria and I had one before the show. And Primo, two thumbs up from us anyway. We'll see what the uh, fast food expert has to say about it. Uh, Tonight we're discussing the 20th anniversary of the O.J. Simpson chase not the OJ case, not I don't care if he's guilty or innocent. We all have our opinions on that, and we're not changing them. But my takeaway from the, the 20th anniversary was how much that OJ chase and trial changed the landscape of television. It increased our interest in court drama. Court drama is huge now. There's court TV. There's a whole channel devoted to it. So that, to me, is one of the biggest uh, impacts as far as historical events on the landscape of television. The others, in my opinion, the first Iraq war, which propelled CNN into notoriety and really launched the 24-hour news networks. Without the first Gulf War, there is no Fox News channel today. I firmly believe that. And 9-11. 9-11 happened. It was the birth of the scroll on the bottom of your television set. It's tough to remember back before then, but we didn't have those. Before 9-11, we didn't have that scroll on the bottom of the TV set. It was all because of September 11th. Your thoughts now, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Patrick's in Acula. Patrick, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. How you doing, man? What's up, Patrick? Nothing, man. Good show. Enjoying it. Thank you, bud. Hey, listen, uh, the first thing that popped in my head when you were talking earlier is, I don't know how old you are, but, man, I was like a sophomore at the University of Georgia in my first apartment, and I can remember coming home from class, Eating my my uh, roommate's uh, sandwich meat and uh, whoa whoa <laughs> yeah and watching the uh, the space shuttle go up and explode and it man that was the first time anything like that in my lifetime ever that significant ever happened and honestly I don't know when CNN started but it was sometime around that point in time and it just seemed like from that point on I was glued to the news to the television interesting now I I watched that live too I had stayed home from school sick that day. Um, I don't know what grade I was in, but uh, maybe eighth grade. Right. I don't remember, but I remember watching it. But how did that change the the landscape of television? I mean, obviously a huge historical event, but did it spur more NASA coverage? Did it, uh, I mean, translate the... I I think it brought more people to the attention of, of the NASA program and the space shuttle program. A lot of folks, you know, we all grew up with the little rocket ships going up and going to the moon. Yeah. The space shuttle was kind of a... I mean, it was a cool thing, but it wasn't on the top of mind like it was after it exploded. Because from that point on, all you saw was NASA and what they were going to do about the O-ring problem yeah. and the, the space program. 
Uh, there's that one, and then the other one that come that comes to top of mind was the Princess Diana uh, car accident, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll never forget that because it seemed like it went on for for weeks and months at a time. Just the coverage on CNN and uh, and eventually Fox News. I think that was even before Fox News came along. Yeah, I think it was too. All right, so well, those are those are two historical events that were covered by television, but I don't know how those changed television forever. Maybe maybe there is there is someone out there smarter than I that can connect the dots. How the space shuttle, Princess Diana, how those two historical events changed TV. Maybe the space shuttle brought more coverage to like them showing them now because they were expecting one to blow up or something like that. But you then know? It, but it, then it waned and then another one blew up and right. then, you know I just don't know if it changed television. Hmm. We'll see. Alex and Mableton. Alex, you're on the Mark Aram show. Hey, good evening, man. Uh, loving the show, man, and love the music even more. Old Thank school, you, sir. I appreciate it. Oh, school. Uh, anyway, um, how about the Rodney King video? Oh, think, do you know? Yeah, I think I think that was like a segue into having police cars with uh, video cameras in them. And now we got all kind of shows with high speed chases. Here's here's what I'm gonna say on that. I think that's a that's a great suggestion. Here's how I think that transformed TV. And especially now, where everyone's got a video uh, camera on their phone, that was maybe one of the first times that television news used amateur video to that extent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it was yeah. that amateur yeah. video. If it wasn't for that amateur video of, of Rodney King getting beat down, we might not have ever even heard of the Rodney King story. Not only that, but there were a lot of people who didn't believe cops could do such a thing until yeah. they saw the video. Interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to do some research on that, Alex. But I think that might be the the first time amateur video really made an impact on national news, aside yeah. from like the Zapruder film. But that wasn't even shown right after the Kennedy killing. But uh, right. interesting. Okay. Good call, Alex. Preach, buddy. All right, thanks, man. Welsh. See thanks. ya. Welsh. People say Welsh. That counts. It does not. It does. I like it. Welch's grape juice. <laughs> Ooh. T-bone steak, cheese, eggs, and Welch's grape, my friend. Michelle in Dallas. Michelle, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Yeah, well, you just kind of touched on the Kennedy assassination, but I just remember it as it, it made um, television so important in our lives. Back then, I was in the ninth grade, and I remember my whole family sat literally in front of the television for three days. I mean... It never had happened. Nothing had happened like that before. And, I mean, we actually saw Jack Ruby kill Oswald live on television. That is true. That is true. Nothing like that had ever happened. Now, let me ask, how old are you, Michelle, if you don't mind me asking? Five. Okay, now, before the JFK assassination, was the radio the primary source of, of news and information? Yeah, I I was born in England, so I didn't have television until I came to America in 1959, so I was 10. Prior to that, all we ever had was radio. But back then, the TV, there was very limited um, channels available. I know today people would think, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> There's every channel you can imagine. Well, when I was then. growing up, we just had three so channels. Went, and TV went off at a certain point at mm-hmm. night. That exactly. was it, you know? So I think it changed a lot of things back then. And as you were saying about the video, I kind of think there were some um, people that had videos that were, um, you know, that were taken by just the general public that they actually used in the Kennedy, you know, as far as trying to figure out what happened. What happened. But, the, yeah. I mean, the key one was the Zapruder film. But I remember, if I remember correctly, the, that was sequestered and it was 
tucked away in time life right after. So right after the Kennedy shooting, the general public didn't see that Zapruder film. It wasn't until, I could be wrong on that, but I think the Zapruder film wasn't released till years, years after. Uh, Jason in College Park following up with uh, something similar. How are you, Jason? Uh, good, man, good. Uh, just like everybody else, love the show. I always love your topics. Thank you, uh, sir. She, she kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but to me, more so than just the Kennedy assassination, I think, and again, this is way before my time, I'm 35, but when uh, Ruby killed Oswald live on TV, changed the way live TV was covered from then on. That That's pretty nuts to think about that, that that was broadcast live. Yeah, <laughs> Jack Ruby um, putting putting one in of uh, into <laughs> Lee Harvey yeah. on live television. That's pretty nuts. Because if you think about in in 72 when they did the Munich Games, all the live coverage went back to the studio because they were worried about something like that being shown again. Exactly. And so I think that was when that changed, even though you can make the argument it's kind of gone back to that with the, the, the viral videos and all of that nowadays. But for a, a long time, 30-something years, that changed the way live TV was covered. Yeah, Ruby shooting Oswald. So you have, we have two takeaways there. from the We have the JFK assassination, which was covered, you know, I mean, the nation flocked to their televisions after that. And then, you know, just a couple days later, boom, Ruby uh, shoots Oswald live on television. Can you imagine that happening today? It'd be nuts. Thanks for the call, Jason. Yeah, with all the delays now, I mean, we wouldn't be able to. You know. Yeah, you wouldn't see it live. Aid, uh, Adrian in Alpharetta, is that right? Yes. Adrian, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Excellent. What what changed television, do you think? Okay, so I think that, um, and this is actually, thank you to my political science class that I'm currently in right now. But okay. <laughs> the, um, the Clinton scandal with Monica Lewinsky and how the coverage of just getting, you know, more more detail on politicians' lives and just Interesting. You know, looking for the next big scandal after that. That's I like that because that was I mean before Bill Clinton, I mean let's right. go back to JFK. The right. the media knew JFK was stepping out. Mm-hmm. They just didn't report on it. Right. They didn't really worry about it. But Bill but Clinton then, when, you know, the whole Lewinsky thing came to bear and then he was you know charged with perjury and then defined what is is and yeah that absolutely I could see that that changes the way the media and again I maybe that's the birth of the tabloid media then right yeah I don't know but when when we started caring more about politicians bedrooms than than their policies that's an interesting theory And another thing that came from Clinton, too, I'm not sure how much that it affected the soft news and, like, the the late-night talk shows, but he was also the first candidate to attend or be on a late-night show. Was was it on Leno, where he was playing the, the, the saxophone? Um, you know, I really, I don't know. I it's think terrible. he went on Leno, played in the saxophone. <laughs> saxophone. He was, yeah. And it was saxophone. Just, he was showing about, like, he's the president. Interesting. Not as, not as huge as impact, I think, as the scandal. A- Adrian, uh, tip of the cap to your uh, poli-sci professor. Good job. <laughs> Thanks for the call. All right, 404-872-0750. Historical events that changed the television landscape. That's the topic tonight. You are listening, thankfully, to The Mark Aram Show.
on 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. If we get any better, man, the rule gon' have to get at And our situation won't matter. I come to make you smile in the free. Events, historical events to change the TV landscape. Paul in Atlanta. Paul, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark, how are you? What's going on, Paulie? You know, many of us, uh, I don't want to criticize, but many of us are talking about famous news events, but they're not really necessarily transformational. We must talk about the Vietnam War, because 20 years after the end of World War II and so 10, 12 years or so after the end of the, the, of the Korean War, for the first time, millions of Americans sat together in their living room, and the Vietnam War was brought to our homes every night on television. Mm-hmm. This was truly a historical transformation of the function of television. Whenever do we see live pictures of American servicemen in action, in combat, on the other side of the world? It was instrumental not only in bringing the war to, to American living rooms, but also, unfortunately, to some extent, uh, solidifying uh, a lot of the an- anti-war uh, efforts. Uh, and people have different views about that, of course. I, I agree but with I, everything I you're saying, Paul. But the question I have, though, and I totally agree with you, because prior to that, you know, if you wanted World War II news, when did you get it? You got it in newsreels or on the radio. Uh, right. So the, the, the Vietnam War was the first war brought to our living rooms, truly. But how did that impact television? Well, the expectation of television changed. Up until that time, television was always... Uh, entertainment. A safe place to go. But now, leave it to Beaver. Right. Interesting. But now, all right. I like I like that. It changed the expectations of television. Now we want to see the wars in our living room. Now we want to see the news delivered to our homes, no matter what the news may be. Good call, Paul. Good call. I like it. Rich, Joe, Matt, Adrian, and Daniel. Hang tight. You'll be next after news, weather, and traffic. The news next on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.